Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Nerd Talk, Nerd Talk, talking about Nerd Talk, yeah! Welcome to Nerd Talk Plus, our weekly deeper dive into the stories that make this world nerdier. From Odyssey's Nerd Talk, I'm your host, Darth Cytalopram. <laughs> there we go, nailed it. <laughs> and he's the co-host, and equally as important, and uh, not equally paid, he's Grand Moff Depression. <laughs> no, it was Grand Moff Anxiety of the Star Destroyer uh, Depressor. Excuse me, it is Grand Moff Cytalopram of the Imperial Star Destroyer Depressor. Okay, there you go. That's there my you, official title. There's yeah. a, that's our combined role as yeah. this and this episode. Yeah. Okay, great. Neither of us is a scientist or very good at words, <laughs> engineer <Yet>. or supervillain. <laughs> but if you are, let us know what we get right and what we potentially maybe get wrong. It's unlikely, but who knows? If you could tell a friend or write a review or something like that, or you know, just you know, share the something on social media, we'd appreciate you. Or just holler at us with your answer to this episode's question of the week. Of the week. This episode's question of the week, of the week. is uh, which sense of your five senses, uh, or six if you're Haley Joel Osment, um, which sense would you hate to lose the most? And if you uh, are already like blind or deaf or something like that, four. You are. Well, if you're deaf, how are you listening to this? Loser. <laughs> Uh, when uh, I read I, this, I, when I read this, Brandon, I read which sense do you hate the most, and I was like, it's definitely smell. I hate smell so much. Uh, uh, says the guy that has like a really hard time with uh, uh, cilantro. Oh yeah, Ugh, it's yeah. so gross. Which sense would you hate? Which sense do you hate the most? Is a better question. <laughs> yeah, but like of all of the senses. Like, if you had to give one up, which would it be that you hate the yeah. most? Yeah. All right. So all five senses, right? You got hearing, sight, yeah. smell, taste, feel, right? Like, I guess if you got rid of feel, I mean, and I feel like feel covers so many spectrums. It's like the feel of a burn on your hand versus yeah. the feel of like getting kicked in the nuts. Like those are very different feelings. Or if you're um, into it, touching a boob. Right. Yeah. So those are all different feels. And um, I feel like if I were to say which sense no. I hate the most, it's probably what? the sense of like, when you are about to have diarrhea, but you can't quite yet. My the sense that I hate the most is called anxiety. Oh yeah, Darth Cytalopram <laughs> strikes again. I have a sixth sense. What is it? Oh, it's just that I get panic attacks. <laughs> all right. Well, all this time that we spent on remote calls has this weird, creepy side effect. As we sit on one right now to record this, the video companies have all this data on how we behave. 
and like what our mannerisms are and whether or not they're supposed to be recording it or not. It's out there if you're looking into your phone, if you're sharing to Instagram or whatever it might be. So this one company, a startup, wants to help salespeople sell things better. They're studying emotions of how people behave on video calls on a scale that humans can't even detect and using it to better understand our reactions to things so it can become better at setting us up to buy stuff. I find this to be absolutely diabolical. Right now, like social media companies show us things that they think will keep us online longer. A lot of it's really negative because we get this like visceral reaction to it. And that's no secret. Everyone kind of is starting to learn that. And like specifically with politics over the last several years. Well, and and like, hey, I'm don't get me wrong. It's effective because like I have a glow in the dark dinosaur shirt and a projector lamp that makes the background into look like a nebula. And like that's they don't show that to my wife. (laughs) Like they show her shoes almost exclusively. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But you start to think this question about what happens when they learn to work us up like they know how to do, and then they can give us the perfect, like we'll call it solution to whatever problem we're anxious about at exactly the right time when they can read our emotions and know to strike perfectly to take advantage of us. Like if you know, if you're so worked up that you hate the let's go Brandon or whatever, and then sure. they're like, by the way, did you know there's an uprising at the Capitol building today? And you're like, yeah, I'm going! And then you like go to it, and you don't even know what you're doing there anymore because you've been manipulated. Imagine when that can start to be used, not just to sell people things, but for evil. It, this reminds me of, um, like, I, I guess a good metaphor for this or would be, you know, a boxer or two people fighting, right? Like, if you have a strategy going into a, a, a boxing match or some sort of fight, which punch I, him in the nuts, I'm, yeah, got it, yeah. yeah, yeah, right. No, but your strategy can be to weaken somebody to a certain point. If you know somebody, like when they get to a certain point of like being tired, they drop their fists, and then that's when you can go in. You don't go in for that face shot right at the beginning. You wait until you've like made them think that you're going to punch them in the side, so they drop, and then you punch them in the face. Um, and I think that that's a uh, how I am trying to understand this is to say that like they can understand when you're at your most prone to buy based on some sort of micro data that they're able to take based on your behavior online from like zoom calls. So, so what are some of those um, factors that they're looking at? I mean, in that, in that story, are are they looking at like just where your eyes are going or like what other behavior off of your, off of just a Zoom call where you can really only see from the nips up. Uh, <laughs> oh, he's got what? wood. Let's hit him with the sale now. <laughs> show him the tits and then make the sale. I'm not suggesting that salespeople need to show their boobs. I'm saying show a picture of. I'm sorry. That was not nice. Yeah, of course. No, no. Um, yeah, it's the it's the statuses that people get into or how you can, like, if, if there's distraction, if someone's becoming, um, if they are losing focus, you can slip something by them that they might not be paying attention to and get them uh, to catch up late to what you're saying. There's just little tiny, um, I don't understand it very well myself, full disclosure, but there's little tiny behavioral ticks that happen that when they recognize it, not only could they, like, work you towards something, like your rope-a-dope metaphor, but also they could work you towards something or with the use of a predictive, let's call it an AI for a very yeah. general thing, be able to suggest what the right move is at that moment. So you could always be being fed what the right thing is. And then really get rid of the human salesperson and the pictures of boobs and just move into a machine doing it all anyway. I mean, we can't get rid of all of that. 
Yeah, keep the boobs. You're right. Keep okay. the pictures of the boobs. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, tell that to my four-month-old son that we're getting rid of boobs, and he would be very upset. Wow, poor guy. That's early, man. I feel yeah. bad for him. I figured yeah. 16 years would be about the cutoff point. Or... <laughs> That's so what they cut him off? Um, they just cut the boobs right off. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, that it, it is. It does seem diabolical. I mean, it's like the it's like the next evolution from you know my my mother in law gets very worked up about this every time uh, she will talk to my wife or me about a product or something that she's like, have you heard about these new baby jump toy things that blah blah blah, and then she gets an advertisement for it on Instagram or something like that, and she's like, oh my gosh, the Facebook is listening or like the 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 yeah. phones are are listening to us, and it's it's like ah, I mean like this is already predictive AI like. You are showing interest in those uh, baby type things across the rest of the internet. And uh, it's, you know, when you're accepting cookies on this website, they're using those to track you across all the other websites. And and then like whatever baby jump up toy is like building a profile of a, of a general type of person to say like, I want to reach this person with this advertisement. Well, hey, yes, you did have that conversation. That just goes to show how good their profiling is to be able to reach you. Yeah. Uh, it is freakish because you're like how does all of everything that i do on the internet all day how does that all end up pointing me toward this thing that i also had a in real life conversation about but it's because who you are online is is an extension of who you are in the in the real world you ever look it up and see how facebook has you labeled like the things that it thinks about you where they have yeah. all this data compiled and they're required to be able to show it to you it's like you have to go through 10 different steps to find it but it'll be like we're pretty sure that you're this age of this political alignment that you're yeah. into these types of things and so it starts to build this profile about you it's profiling and then it starts yeah. to show stuff to you to see how you'll engage with it and that's happening on all of these platforms all over the place the scary part to me though is when it's no longer about capitalism and it becomes about the you know what isn't good is the white people and i, I mm. use white because i don't want to pick some other race out i'm not saying yeah. that i'm worried about people coming for the white people i'm worried about everyone being under attack but the idea that like you start building up resentments and you start you start controlling people into no longer just buying the sweet new Chinese knockoff shoes, but you're like, it would be pretty smart if we all collectively got rid of that bad group, wouldn't it? Mm -hmm. And you suddenly, it's a big leap to make, but ultimately, if you can get people worked into a spot where they would buy a pickup truck, that's a huge decision or a huge investment. Or like, let's say someone was pushing you for divorce or something. Mm -hmm. What if it was like feeding you these ideas over and over and our emotional response didn't allow us to process it um, with our frontal brain? I think what makes this different than, <clears throat> because we you could argue that a lot of that is already happening. Right? Yeah. Like a lot of that stuff is already happening except for the fact that it's not been quite as automated as what you are now talking about which is an ai taking that and being you like on one end of it being in you know maybe whatever malicious country or whatever malicious organization you might be a part of uh like a specific political party being able to say um <clears throat> hey click button that says i want these people to get upset about this thing and then yeah. the ai takes care of the rest of it based on micro behaviors that you're showing across the internet but also uh what you're showing from the nips up on zoom <laughs> yeah and just imagine that it's like such you can take a lot of shots with this too you don't need it to be it doesn't have to be a home run every time it can just be small incremental things until you get someone worked the way you need them to be and then hit them it's it's exactly your 
your boxing analogy. So I'm like a, an analergy. Is that what I said? Analogy. I think it's because I got these allergies <laughs> in my analogies. Analropist? <laughs> yes. So what happens when this is someone hoping to become the next dictator? Like uh, as someone pointed out on the Futurology subreddit, they said that basically we're going to hit Blade Runner before we get to the harmony that Star Trek promised us. And like, yeah, I, I think that that's a given is that we have to hit rock bottom before we figure out how to reach the top. So... Um, Lots to look forward to for our children, huh, Greg? (laughs) Yeah. Then I read this other book that uh, the name will come to me here in a second. It was The Rational Optimist that says that, like, what I'm talking about, this story specifically is used to get us riled up so that way we don't make progress so that way people in control can continue to progress. That really nothing is actually that bad. It's just that we get this narrative suggesting that everything is terrible and then we run with it. And then people who like making jokes about the end of the world, like me, start talking about it. And then here we are. So, yeah, yeah. Wow, this is uh, it's, it's like self fulfilling prophecy, right? Like, uh, we all we all are like, oh, it's gonna definitely be. Let's not use Blade Runner. Let's say Wally, right? <laughs> like, yeah. Oh no, fat. we're going to yeah. trash Earth. Like, that's a we're gonna we're gonna focus trash on Earth, the important like, part, Brandon. I get yeah. to be fat. Oh, get to be. Yeah, do. <laughs> well, sorry. <laughs> uh, hey, Talk to you least, next week. Canon. At least. <laughs> I mean, do us both a favor, Kanan. <laughs> the first tweet ever by former Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey, uh, I don't know if you remember this from a year ago, March, uh, it was sold for $2. million as an NFT, which still- $2.9 no, million, right? What did I say? You said $2.9 million. $2. million as an <laughs> NFT. On next week's episode, it's Brandon and Kanan. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, next week's episode is just Kanan and AI Kanan. <laughs> oh, man, that's what I want. Yeah. yeah. One of the weirder things to pop up out of the pandemic was this NFT phenomenon, right? Where people are like, you, no one can describe it without using the terms blockchain or cryptocurrency. Like, there's no crypto and blockchain are the two things you need to describe it. And no one can do it without that because no one really knows what they are. Yeah. Anyways, um, one of the weirder things to come for the last few years is people selling NFTs, and oh, I just said all of that. God damn it. The NBA is one place that's capitalized. My friends buy NFTs of shots that people took in NBA history. I don't understand it at all. Uh, but this guy this guy paid $2.9 million for the idea of owning a tweet, Jack Dorsey's first tweet. Oh, good. Then he went back and tried to resell it. And according to the Guardian.co.uk, I believe, or maybe .com, um, as of last Thursday, he had his top bid was sixty eight hundred dollars. So <laughs> from two point nine million, two point million, two point million dollars, two point million nine blockchains, yeah, uh, to sixty eight hundred dollars. As someone pointed out, he lost two point nine million dollars by the yeah, time I of mean, that, that publication. Point. Yeah, the. <laughs> The, what I don't understand is uh, with with certain things, like the only thing that provides, and we've talked about this on this show before, like the only thing that makes something valuable like an NFT uh, or, or like anything that you could own is how much other people might want that thing that you have if it's yeah. a scarce, uh, if there's some sort of scarcity behind it, right? Like right. you can only own one original Mona Lisa. You, you know what I mean? Like you can only own 
sure. um, you know, uh, one of a limited run of shoes or whatever it might be. So that's why you see sneakers and things like that raise like race off to these insane values because hey, there's only so many of them. People want them, like authentic, created by the actual manufacturer, whatever it might be. Sure. Sure, there's knockoffs, there's things like that. But the thing with NFTs is like, great, you've just spent $2.9 million on that tweet because in the all of that craze of the time, you thought NFTs were going to be sick and like you were going to, this was an investment for you. What are you- Well, beyond, beyond that, like- what, there's what, no diff- what are you going to do with that? What does anybody want with that? There's no difference. Like if you buy Neon Cat and say, I own Neon Cat or the first Jack Dorsey tweet- I can go to it as a person that does not own it and still get the same exact value out of it. There's no yeah. benefit to owning it other than bragging. Well, if that's the like, case, uh, just be like, I'm a billionaire and I could take on people and no one cares if that's what you, <laughs> if, if you're into bragging. Like, that's like effectively what is going on. So, I, yeah. Well, I don't, I, it's just, um, it, it, to your point, it's like owning it does nothing. So they talk about these guys that, that own, uh, you know, quote unquote, own a a shot that was taken in the NBA, or like I own the World Cup, you know, Messi's 100th goal captured on film, right? Like, do you actually own the rights to that? You know, did did Fox Sports or whoever it is like sell you the right, like the exclusive rights to owning that thing, so that way, anytime somebody wants to broadcast Messi's 100th goal, you get money for it. They have to come to you to license it. No. No, you bought a file, one video file of that thing. And it's like this with with the Jack Dorsey tweet. Like unless he deleted that tweet and there's no way to like even go onto like the Wayback Machine and screenshot it or something like that. Yeah. Like it's what value do you get out of being the person who owns the screenshot of it or like the 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 code, the source code behind the tweet or whatever it might be uh other than the fact that like I Brandon could go back and screenshot it and or just read it and like i you can photoshop a a reproduction of it and blow it up to a million feet tall and and post it on the biggest cliff on mars or whatever if you want like there's no yeah there's no actual like you said your mona lisa example is just perfect it's just like there's one mona lisa and that's it there's not like Oh, but there's only one of these files of this monkey with headphones on wearing a you know, Harry Potter glasses and a cape, a Batman cape. There's only one. How it's much like, did that go for? Because I definitely, uh, I, I definitely sounds awesome. Right? Want that? Yeah. yeah, but it's like, but this is the argument: is like, oh, there's only one of them. Like, so, so that, so it has inherent value. It's like, yeah, but, but what is that to anybody? You know, like it's it outside of this hype craze it behind you know this this NFT thing. Like outside of that, nobody's gonna care. They're gonna know. I, they're gonna know. <laughs> how are they gonna know? <laughs> they're gonna know. They're not gonna know. <laughs> this is how we're going viral on TikTok. <laughs> Somebody make an NFT of this conversation. So in Bad Guys and Billionaires, a um, we talk a lot about the the billionaires, the billionaire space race that's happening, where they're all building these things and none of them are really actually doing anything in space. And even when they if are, we're gonna call something a space race. Can we actually just like? 
do some racing in space. Like, send all the billionaires to space. Get them in some pod racers. Yeah, I was going to say, no, 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 no. This is pod racing, okay? This isn't space racing. (laughs) This is pod racing. Get out of here. Come on. I just, like, space race sounds so cool until you realize it's, like, takes place over years. And it's a matter of, like... It's just spending a bunch of money to get. And you need fifty-five million dollars to do it, and like, it's okay. like, no, let's line up all of these rich guys' wiener rockets next to each other, launch them up, and see who's the first one to space. This is the smartest thing you've ever said. <laughs> By far, I want to see all of the wiener rockets lined up to see how the space race truly goes. And like, yeah. if Rubin's racing, so if you uh, if you happen to, <laughs> sorry, Florida. <laughs> I just don't uh, like. If you line all these rockets together, I don't, you know, like you see, all you ever see at one point is one rocket going up, right? At a time. And you don't have anything necessarily compare it to compare it to unless you were to like overlay a bunch of videos of all of these rockets going up, which I guess we could do. Um, But what if the goal at the end of the day, like we need to take this back to like the early version of like the 24 hours of Le Mans, right? And I mean, it's like you just, it, Safety is out the window. We're stripping everything off of this bad boy, and we are just like sending it as fast as we possibly can to get to space. Doesn't matter how it comes back. <laughs> like we're just sending oh, a rocket oh, to space as fast as possible. You mean the Chinese possible. method? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, or the <laughs> Russian method, where you just blow it up and send it into deeper space. <laughs> uh, shout out to China, who just had their first three. Uh, what do they call them? Tychonauts returned from six-month stay on their new space station, and on that first trip where they had a long-term, um, you know, occupancy, they were much more progressive than we are. And one of the three people was a woman. And oh. so, congrats to Russia or not to Russia to China. What a weird <laughs> slip. That's weird. Yeah. Anyway, I bring up the billionaire space wiener rubbing race to uh, for a purpose. <laughs> Um, a new company has plans to get regular old squishy humans to see the glory of our blue earth marble. It's about time. They're space perspective, and they've designed a floating lounge that would dangle below one of those like weather balloon looking things that looks like it can't possibly inflate on the surface, but then as it gets higher, it actually continues to pull someone near orbit. Not quite, okay? It doesn't, it's like, um, which one of those doesn't? Uh, it's like the Virgin Galactic. It doesn't actually go right. to space. Yeah, Richard Branson's didn't actually cross the Carmen line or whatever. Yeah, it was. which is like 60 miles up. This one goes 20 miles into the sky, but it's a nice slow 12 mile per hour ride up to this line, wherever, 20 miles above Florida. You wouldn't actually be in orbit, but you're still like. Like to get there is three times higher, but you're still like able to see the curvature of the Earth in a significant way and the blackness of space. Now, you also wouldn't have to pay the ungodly fee Bezos charges to strap a wiener-shaped firecracker under your ass and be shot into the heavens. This one would gently float you to where you could see a lot of Earth's curve while serving you drinks from the lounge bar. They hope okay. to launch in 2024. For me, now... It's a quarter million dollars to ride this thing, so that's still impossible, right? But that's like if you bought a house in 2018 and then you went to sell it right now anywhere in Washington, you probably got enough equity out of it to be able to take one flight up there. And to drink space boo sounds awesome. There's something about like so uh I'm a big soccer fan, we both are, and I when I went to uh London a few years ago, I went to a match. Mm. And one of the big the biggest differences about going to a match in, in the UK versus in the US is You that, float there to get there, right? Yeah, yeah. You have to you have to float via uh, balloon on a, on a via balloon to get there. That's how I got to London. Yeah, great. Uh, and 
you as like very Mary Poppins feeling. Um, <laughs> he that, just busted out his umbrella and like, Woo! <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, one of the interesting things that I thought was that was interesting about this is that when you go into a match in anywhere in the UK for the most part, I don't know. I've only been to one stadium, but I, from what I understand, this is the rule across the stadiums is that you are not allowed to have alcohol at your seat. So yep. all of these people in the stadium, you like at halftime, go into the into the concourses, they drink a couple beers and they go back out for the second half. The reason they do this is because they want to prevent anybody getting carried away, getting too drunk during the match. Um, you know, obviously throwing a it, beer on the on the throwing pitch. stuff onto the pitch, right? Yeah. So like one of the reasons they do that is, you know, they don't want people getting carried away in this highly passionate extreme environment. Now I'm not saying that a space balloon is where people are going to get super passionate and crazy and possibly angry. However, getting people drunk 20 miles up doesn't seem like the best idea. And I also know that at altitude, you're more likely to get drunk faster. So You listen here, you piece of garbage. My messy NFT is my property. Ah. Uh, is that because they were showing uh, highlights of <laughs> Little Messi's hundredth goal, and they said, "I own the rights to this, damn it!" <laughs> yeah, that's exact. That's exactly it, right? <laughs> There's also something that I know about um, about high altitude and the way that uh, we experience taste. This has nothing to do with our question of the week, by the way, which is a reminder of to be thinking about the question of the week. Yeah. Which sense would you hate to lose the most? Yeah. Not which sense do you hate the most, although I'm, we are also curious about that. Hit us up on uh, <laughs> Twitter uh, or tell Oh, wait, us what's at, our link tree? We have a link tree. Oh, we, it's, uh, it's uh, uh, nerdtalkplus.com. Oh, there uh, it is. Oh, I bought the, that's right, I bought the website. Yeah, yeah finally, we're, we're legit. Whoa, what? Uh, nerdtalkplus.com. Go uh, tweet at us what what sense, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, uh, something that I know is that altitude, your t- uh, sense of taste actually gets diminished uh, the, the further up you go. So, like, that's why food on airplanes is always full of salt uh, because it, it has to be in order for you to be able to even, like, taste taste it just because even at a mile up or however, you know, 30,000 yeah. feet, um, you you really – yeah, six miles. Uh, 69 miles up. I yeah. bet you can't taste anything. <laughs> then you get to space, bro. <laughs> uh, and so anyway, you uh, uh, so like, what are they? What are they putting in these drinks so you could be able to like actually taste it? Or maybe they're just being like, hey, up here we can actually do shots of Everclear because <laughs> you can't <laughs> taste it. That's fair. A new study out of Cambridge suggests that the lifespan of a species likely has to do with the number of DNA mutations and how quickly they occur over a lifetime. And that's regardless of the species size. There's some great examples that they provided in this article that I can't remember where it's from. (laughs) News.yahoo.com. That does not help. (laughs) Anyway, for example, a naked mole rat and a giraffe, two wildly different mammals, have about 100 mutations per year and lives that are about 30 years long while a mouse has about 800 mutations a year and lives for just a handful of years, like three or four. Humans have an average of 40-something genetic mutations per year and live to be about 80 years old. These are all just rough numbers or whatever. But the study suggests that there's a critical mass for errors that a living being can sustain, like a jackpot number after which a body is unable to function correctly. So, like, you get to this, like, number, it's like 3,000 or something like that, and you get there, and that's when old people start to get weird-looking and start to be, like, 
unintelligible and just kind of sort of fall apart because their body has now been around long enough. They think that there's been enough mutations that it's far enough away from the original human that it's kind of like wonky. This blows my mind. And the research that's going to come along with it seems incredible. The notion that if they could stop these mutations from happening and happening as quickly, you could significantly expand lifespan or reverse even um, reverse mutations, right? Like if we know what, you know, let's say what they think the ideal DNA is supposed to be, um, (laughs) depending on who you talk to, you're going to get very different answers (laughs) about that. But what you like the healthiest DNA or the longest living DNA or whatever it might be, like being able to try to match that. You talk so much about like genome editing and sequencing and things like that. Like, the closer that they get to figuring out, you know, well, actually what I see in this is like, are we'll be born with a certain, you know, there'll be some sort of test that'll say, Hey, here's your, uh, sequence, your DNA sequence or whatever it is. It is this. Did you many- have to take the test from my butt? Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, we don't have to, <laughs> but, but it juicy. So <laughs> we got this test from the aliens and they suggested the only way to do it was via probe. In the butt. So in the butt. Sorry. <laughs> um, so like we're gonna have this number. You say, hey, you were born with, you know, two hundred mutations. Let's say that uh, from whatever the baseline yeah. they they end up determining is, and then you'll have this number. Maybe you could like throughout your life be able to be like, all right, I just turned thirty one, um, which I do this week, and. And I've started to be like, okay, parts of my body are hurting in weirder ways than usual. Yeah. Uh, like, I'd be able to be like, all right, I'm going to go into the doctor. It's see the how butt many mutations probes. I got left. It's the butt probe. <laughs> it is. It is. That's that's what it was. But still, you oh. can see, you can have a blood test to see how the, to see how your blood butt is uh, <laughs> butt mutating. Blood. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, that's butt right. Blood. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> blood butt. <laughs> blood butt. Blood butt sounds like, um, like if there's an upside down to the Batman, like DC universe, blood butt is one of the man bats supervillains that he has to fight. <laughs> uh, blood butt. We meet again. <laughs> Only he says it in like a weird set of squeaks that a bat would make because yeah. he's, he's man bat. Because he's man bat. <laughs> And it translates to Damn it, man bat, you know I was blood butt, I don't speak bat. You said what, blood butt? No, you're thinking my cousin mud butt. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, yeah, you could get at thirty one on your birthday every year you could get a your blood butt tested and see how many mutations you've hit. Like spent a little too much time on the almost zero G balloon and got some space radiation. You just took a few life, a few years off your mutation life, buddy. I wonder like, this is part of why the, um, what's his face, captain Chris Kelly and his brother, Scott Scott Kelly, right? Like, uh, part of the reason that, so Scott is, you know how I remember this because the neurosis lead singer, his name is Scott Kelly. And it it would be hilarious if he was the one that went to space (laughs) for a a full year, because wait, is it the, isn't the, 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 isn't he also have like a doctorate or something? Or am I thinking of, is it the guy in the offspring that is like also a doctorate in like physics Physics. or something? Yeah. 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 Um, Yeah. Scott Kelly does not even have all his teeth just for the record. He does not, not that you need to have teeth for a doctor. You're saying you need to be a doc. You need to have teeth to be a doctor. I just, I'm just saying that he hasn't been able to provide himself with dental care, let alone the educational opportunities to get his doctorate. I'm a professional. Look at all this blood in my butt. 
<laughs> I don't have when I lack in teeth, I make up in butt blood. <laughs> Ew. Anyway, what I was saying is that the reason that Scott and Chris Kelly are such so interesting, the reason that these were the twins that were chosen for Scott, I think it was to to live his whole like to live an entire year in space, mm-hmm. was because these guys are identical twins. They wanted to be able to see how their DNA sequences differed after a year in space when you're um, exposed to much higher levels of radiation from the sun uh, and just from all of the other space crap that I don't really fully understand. Um, like, how was their butt blood different when they came back down? And so uh, I'm, I'm curious, like, if, if anything like that will have, you know, the older that those guys get, uh, and they start to realize, you know, everybody's going to have different amounts of mutations. When I said ideal DNA sequence earlier, what I really meant was that they're going to come up with a baseline of what they believe is like the healthiest DNA sequence, right? Like there's not going to be an ideal, you know, uh, red hair, six, five, whatever it is, Gregor, you know, um, <laughs> not ideal, <laughs> not ideal. Uh, but, but so like when, so Chris Kelly and Scott Kelly might have different DNA sequences for all mutations for all sorts of reasons. But like, as these guys get older, are they going to start to be able to see like different mutations and how, you know, maybe yeah. uh, Scott who spent a year in space is going to age faster when they get to a certain point. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause they, like I saw some, you know, headline randomly that was like, we we could talk all we want about going into deep space, but, or even to Mars or whatever, but we still don't have the, protective equipment to keep people alive yeah because of the toll that it would take on you so i can only imagine what a year going yeah, around the earth a, every 45 minutes would do i don't even yeah we set up a colony on space or on space <laughs> we we set up Put my flag up- and there we are on space <laughs> the space mountain oh that's a fun uh fun ride that i think they got rid of for that whole star wars thing oh they did um, I think so. Yeah, I think that like uh, Star Wars World took over that where Space Mountain used to be, and I think they still have a ride there. But now it's like Star Wars theme, which is probably cooler. Anyway. I heard too many people had uh, the blood pooling in their butt, so <laughs> <laughs> that, that blood butt. <laughs> <Yeah>. Sorry. <laughs> um, just but like you go into Mars and like all of a sudden this eighty into year Mars <laughs> into gosh darn it. how does how do planet work? Um, uh, ne- I'm replacing you for next week with my four year old who can tell me everything about the planets. <laughs> oh, I should do that. I should record him t- talking to me about the planets. Oh, absolutely. As a segment on here, that's not he'll bad. be he'll be much smarter than me. Uh, well, so we set up a colony on Mars with a bunch of people who were supposed to live to roughly 80, yeah. but it turns out they all develop butt, <laughs> butt cancer, you know, butt blood, at, cancer. <laughs> butt blood cancer at 50 because <laughs> of their exposure to radiation. Yeah. Uh, it's like, well, if you stop standing out there with your anuses to the sky, it's like <laughs> Mars yoga. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, never mind. I can't say the thing I was going to say. It's too offensive. As in none of this other stuff has been. <laughs> this was going to be worse. Yeah. I, I guarantee. Um, <laughs> I don't even know where we're at with this. Now, I- okay, so uh, <laughs> I, I would like to get to the question of the week because let me tell you, one feeling, one sense that I would not want to have is <laughs> blood cancer. Okay. Question of the uh, week is, uh, it's time for your question of the week, Brandon. This week's question of the week <laughs> is, which sense would you hate to lose the most? Like, I, Catherine, my wife and I have, uh, sorry, the wife that I have access to. Yeah, thank you. And I 
have had this uh, conversation in the past is like, would you rather, like, you know, would you rather games, right? Uh, like, would you rather have penis where your nipples are or nipple where your penis is, right? Like, questions like that. <laughs> Sorry, you're <laughs> One of the one of these would you rather's that we play is would you rather lose your sight or lose your hearing, Dude, right? And so I feel the like swap as- is so good. I've never. <laughs> cons- I'm so bad at word games like this, like associative yeah. things like that. Like I spent ten minutes trying to come up with a response to um to your uh, star your hypothetical Star Wars, and then forgot that I came up with one. I should have said, "I'm Grand Moff Satyalapram of the Imperial Star Destroyer Depressor." And he's been um, he's been keeping his identity secret. He's the Brandalorian. That's, <laughs> that's what I came up with. But that I forgot. All right, stop. We're starting the podcast over. Okay, just we're starting, the we're starting this show over. Going back to the top. Uh, Brandalorian, dude. Oh, that's so. <laughs> well, I, how can so, I? God, I'm such an idiot. Anyway, I I had a friend that used to call me Brando Calrissian, uh, also which good. I feel like was also good. Um, which I feel like would also work for uh, Childish Brandino. Uh, <laughs> I'm so bad at these things. I have to write them down, otherwise I forget, and here you just rattle them off like that. God, my brain just doesn't work like that. Now, no, so, like, uh, you know, the question will come up, and, and, like, this might seem insensitive to people who are missing one of these senses, but, like, would you rather lo- uh, lose your sight or, or lose your hearing? Um, f- you know, you'll get people who are, you know, really interested in music or, like, they, they the way that they really find yeah. joy in this world is, is playing or hearing music, and um, you'll get those people who, like, are, like, absolutely, I would rather lose my sight. And then you'll have other people who uh, like to look at boobs, and they're like, no, I would absolutely <laughs> much rather lose my hearing or boobs or pictures of boobs who knows one or the other uh so so which of the five or six senses again Haley joel osment i'm looking at you which i would prefer to lose the one where i saw dead people if i were him uh yeah but which which sense can you imagine how weird easter is for that guy oh my god (laughs) i see see dead people everybody's like now we all see him man come on (laughs) we get it yeah jesus he's right there <laughs> he's like i no i see dead yes yeah yeah we know <laughs> jesus is bruce willis we got it guess what movie i've never seen you've never seen uh you've never seen the sixth sense have you <laughs> but i even i know the trope like even okay, either way. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah well um so which sense if you had to have hearing where your nipples are nipples where your hearing is which sense would you give up <laughs> <laughs> Dude, if you have, imagine having ears where your nipples are, <laughs> the d- twister would be terrible. <laughs> be like a a whole new a whole new thing about like when when the principal grabs you by the ear. <laughs> it's like now you get to file an HR complaint. <laughs> you get to, you get to fired for sexual harassment. An HR complaint because you're also a teacher and the principal has grabbed you by the nipple ear and pulled you away. So wait, what's the appropriate? Let's assume that you had to grab somebody by one or the other. Do you grab them by the chest ear or by the head <laughs> or the ear nipple? <laughs> no, it's like one. It's like one or the other, right? Like you don't have ear nipples and chest ears. And what if it was a three-way swap? What if the ears ended up where your wiener was? Your wiener ended up okay. on your nipples, and your nipples on your ear. Wait, hold on. What, what ended up where this, my wiener is? Your ears. The ears? Yeah. Uh, I feel like everything would be muffled at that point, so I don't know if I'd take... I, maybe if your ear... I think how cool you can your hear your own is. farts. Oh, I do. I already can. Uh, I would put my nipples where my wiener is. I suppose that would make my ear go to where my nipples are and my wiener near where my ears are. 
So he can still wear sunglasses. Uh, that's all that's important. <laughs> you'd look like uh, you'd look like that uh, uh, Ahsoka Tano. <laughs> okay. So, uh, MIT scientist. <laughs> Greg, Gregor, no, I'm curious, which of all of the senses of the non-ear nipple senses would you, um, or sorry, nipple ear, either way, uh, which sense would you actually hate to lose the most? Wait, hate to, wait, I thought, which one are we giving up? Wait, which is it? No, which it's like, I, which one would you hate to lose? That The question was, which which sense would you sight. hate to lose? So you're, like, you work in in an audio medium, you're a radio guy, yeah. uh, would hearing be the thing that you would hate to lose? No. <laughs> no, okay. Sight. I would switch careers. <laughs> and yeah, okay. Fair because enough. texting is fine, and um, the world is beautiful, even the bad yeah. parts, and to lose the ability to visualize. And there's so much more data, too. Like, like just if you, if you make a recording of 30 seconds of video from us talking right now or 30 seconds of audio, and it's the same quality level... Video is, you know, a factor of 10 bigger than audio. And so there's so much more coming in, so much more um, on the, you know, via photon than it is via sound wave. And so um, I would certainly hate to lose sight a lot. The one that I would gladly give up, seriously, is scent or taste or whatever it is. Smell, really, yeah. Yeah, because I don't, like, I love eating bad food but like it would be awesome to not like walk by like today in the break room someone ordered thai food and like i was too late to be able to stop and eat but also knew that there was thai food there and that was like a real kick in the nose dick and like so i would have rather just i was going to ask you would you rather have a nipple where your nose is yeah that'd be too weird for people as opposed to a wiener as opposed to wieners for your ears (laughs) Yeah, that's where I draw the line. <laughs> nose, no one touches the nose. <laughs> my nose pull? Absolutely not. <laughs> now, if I could get a wiener where my nose is. <laughs> like Gonzo from the Muppets, like, yeah. let's go. <laughs> well, the reason that this question comes up, wait, which uh, which sense do you hate the most? <laughs> which one would you get rid of, Brandon? Which one would I get rid of? Yeah. Uh, I would probably, oh, gosh, I think I would get rid of um, hearing. You don't want to hear. You want to be able to taste, but not hear. I think so. Yeah, I love food. I love to cook. I love to like make bread and pizza hate listening and bake. <laughs> and I hate listening to things. So no, I took I took a few years of sign language in college. Oh, and, really? Or, sorry, in, in uh, high school, actually, not college. And I got to spend a week with a group uh, from my class where we went down to the oh gosh, what's the school called? But it's in Vancouver. Dungeon. It's like the it's like the Vancouver School of the Dead or of the Death. Of the Dead. I almost of the Death. <laughs> Haley Joel Osment's out there being like, you don't want to go in there, dog. <laughs> like they have the sickest uh, school song, except nobody can hear it. <laughs> it's just death. It's just neurosis. Yeah, Scott um, Kelly, cool. Yeah. Uh, so I got to spend a week with all of these people who were deaf and and uh, weren't able to hear, and like got to spend a bunch of time and just really like we weren't even supposed to talk or you know even to the p- other people that were with us on the trip. Yeah. We were only supposed to sign. It was supposed to be fully immersive, uh, and I loved it. Honestly, it was super fun. Um, the quietness wasn't weird because everybody still had a way to communicate. Um, 
So being in, in that kind of environment, I thought was, uh, was amazing. And so just to see like, there's still so much that you can do. And I would hate to lose sight. I would hate to lose, uh, uh, taste. Cause I, uh, I just, that, that whole, everything that just happened there. It's just, I know exactly what just happened. I sneezed for everyone that's, uh, that can't see or hear it for all of our, yeah. all of our blind or deaf people. <laughs> <laughs> are blind or dead people. What's <laughs> up, Jesus? And, anyway, we get it, Bruce Willis. We get it. Okay, so the point of this question is MIT scientists started their own lab to figure out how to restore hearing loss in humans. And the early indications are that it could potentially work. They had some really positive experiences here. So the, the phenomenon of hearing loss is typically tiny little ear hair things that get like burned away from overexposure or just from whatever the damage might be and they don't reproduce so once you lose these little fibers then you lose hearing and then you don't get it back well they think with the help of some little molecules it says they could inject those into your inner ear reactivating the cells responsible for growing the tiny hairs like, if you heard me correctly, perhaps you didn't, it involves getting a needle poked inside your ear. Now. So it's like it's like uh, hair implants, but for your ear. We got ear Rogaine. But blood for your ear. Maybe you take a hairy, a really hairy butt <laughs> no. <and> blood. <laughs> no. No. So yeah, they think that they can stimulate the things that shut down after... You know that so when you're in, in in utero, they're still working to grow the ear hairs, and then once you're born, yeah. they stop. So they think that they could maybe like kickstart these things to be able to produce more, and people could get some hearing back. And as a guy who has worn headphones every single day for the last you know 25 years and loves wearing earbuds for some stupid reason, which I shouldn't, um, then like, sorry, my wife just texted me, and I got totally sidetracked by it. Um, but anyway, but yeah, like it. it there's potential there that as we get older to not have to wear, what do you call them, the in-ear things and be yeah, able to hearing hear it, hearing it. It's, it's like you, you yeah. think about going to all of the, you know, you and I are both music fans. You got to go see No Teeth Neurosis, I'm sure, a few times. Uh, <laughs> I, I've seen all sorts of shows. And and when you think about, I, I'm always saying, I have a friend who's a drummer um, and he's a great drummer. His name's Chris. Hi, Chris. Hi, Chris. And he is uh, not listening for sure, but he... <laughs> he's a he's a great drummer and he takes such good care of his ears because his dad um his dad ended up getting tinnitus the older he got because of the amount of like concerts and stuff that he went to so my friend knowing that it's in his family wears earplugs uh or you know ear what do you got earplugs right he wears them to every every concert that he goes to and he's like the nerd at 30 years old who's wearing the earplugs in the front row at fleet foxes or whatever it is but he's also going to be the one that's able to hear his grandchildren someday, unlike, you know, the rest of his dumb friends. You know, I had a couple hundred bucks left over on my FSA 10 years ago, um, and uh, brag, and uh, <laughs> and I was like, I don't know, what I'm going to lose this money, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to get in-ears, my buddy yeah. Brian Thorpe had them, and I was like, I'm going to go do that, they're a couple hundred bucks, and they go and they put this goo into your ear, and then you find out that you're actually at a... And then um, I got to take that out. We can't. That can't be a thing. Yeah. And then uh, um, and yeah, they fill your ears full of goo and then they make these in-ears and I still wear them all the time because I got there's a guy behind me at Sounders matches who would just be like, 
uh, into my ear the whole time. Yeah. And so I started wearing them to Sounders matches just so I could, like, not walk away with hearing pain. And if you get the professional ones, the filters that they put into them are equalizing filters so you don't lose any quality. Right. It just... Like, if you put a piece of foam into your ear, it, like, does not preserve the audio quality. Right, but it's, not, you, it's not the same as, like, the swimmer, you know, the swimmer's earplugs. Have you ever seen those? It's, They're like, like, waxy it's stuff like, wax in. balls yeah. that you stick into your ear, and it does what you're talking about. It molds to the your inner ear like that, and I, I wore these when I was um, on vacation, and the house next to the house that we were staying in had, like, these loud dogs. These things worked amazing. They blocked yeah. all of the sound out, but I didn't get... Well, like if I was worried about the sound quality of the dog barks, then you know I would have, I would have been upset. But I wasn't, right? I just was, I was trying to block all of that noise out. Um, well, that was so just like, it. I played in bands forever, and like yeah. you put in earplugs, and it sounds like crap. And so now you're just playing, hoping that it sounds okay, and that that's not yeah. the joyful part of doing this. Like yeah. playing a guitar and having a cool amp and combo is like that's that's an awesome part of it. And so to where going. Going deaf and losing my hearing is is rock and roll, baby. But you know, um, you know who has crazy low stage volume is Radiohead. Mm-hmm. They um they maintain like because they don't really play any big huge bangers or anything, and so they have talking volume. Like you can talk to each other on stage. They keep their volume so low, and they do everything in post or everything. So that way, they don't ruin their hearing while they're playing. Yeah. And I think that that's like, like again, call me that nerd at thirty who was doing that and was a square, but like. I already put my hearing through a tremendous amount, and then I go to a concert, and like, I still hear great through these things, and you can change out the filter amount, so you can have a 5 dB decrease, or a 15, or a 25, or complete, and yeah, like, take that piece of wax, drill a hole through it, and then put a little filter in there, and it's like, suddenly, that's the equivalent of what I'm wearing, like the swimmer ones, only it's... It's brilliant. It is if, if you like going to loud things at all. Like uh, I'm going to a Kraken game on Wednesday, and someone was like, "It's the loudest experience I've been to." And I was like, "Oh, great! I'll bring my in ears, yeah. and then I'll still be able to hear my friend talking next to me and everything. It'll just cut down the excessive volume." Now it's like, hear this, listener. If you are currently listening to this in earpods or uh, you know what, what do they call those here, but earbuds or AirPods or whatever, whatever brand or whatever. Uh, Turn it down right now. Turn it down a little bit. Or off, really. Just turn it off. You don't need to listen to any more of this. Nerd talk, nerd talk, talking about nerd talk, We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend four point four hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.